Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. How was everybody's week? Pretty good. Can't complain. You know, his week's about to get a whole lot better come Saturday. It's a long drive. It is a long drive, especially for you. (laughs) Yeah. So that uh, 12-hour mystery movie thing I went to last year? Well, this year they're doing a 13-hour version since it's the 13th anniversary. That was going to come this time. It feels like it's just like slightly longer breaks between movies. (laughs) That or somebody had to do a lot of fucking work to calculate the run times of those movies to squeak one extra hour. Yeah. Uh, he said, realistically, we went like 13 hours last year. Uh, so, it's all going to be the same movies, but this time they're just throwing a little twist on the title. Maybe. I'm excited. I don't know what a single one of the movies are. Yeah, that's the whole point. Um, so, yeah, so we're going to go to that and then we have to drive back the same night because... All the people that usually watch my dog are like, oh, I can't do it this weekend. And essentially their reasoning is, yeah, I don't want to. So why don't you buy a dog ticket for the show and uh, go from there? I totally would if I could get away with that. You can also just board the dog. No boarding. How dare you, sir? What's, What's wrong with boarding? I honestly cannot tell if she's ever been put in a cage her entire life. And I do not think she would enjoy that situation. Well, see, I I went on a, I found a really nice place that board. Well, now that I move, I got to find a new one. But in Springfield, like I found one that's out on a farm and they spend yeah. half the day like out in a field. They can just run around and stuff. Pretty dope. Yeah, but see, if the people who usually do it did it, it, it wouldn't cost me anything, which would be nice. That's That's true. Speaking of which, I need to send I need to send Dave a message. I didn't realize that Dave and uh, his his lady moved to Yorkville. They're like twenty minutes away. Oh yeah, yeah. He can be your responsibility now. <laughs> Anything exciting you can to the Doug? Uh, nothing too exciting. Uh, no. No. So we down here, we're to the point that we have mass shootings and I don't even realize they have happened until the next one happens and they reference the last one. And I'm like, oh, I didn't even know about that one. Yeah, the other day I saw something about like, oh, there's something going on in Texas. So I Googled it and there was like two tragedies that happened on the same day. 
only one of them was shooting. I think the other one was like somebody running over people on purpose or something like that. Yeah, it's it's weird though because those those aren't real because you know shootings only happen in liberal states according to yeah. dumb people. Yeah, because nobody would shoot people in a state where you can open carry, seal carry, or whatever the fuck is, yeah. is the and one they it, always talk. And if it did happen, somebody surely would stop them instantly, right? Surely, because tons of good guys with guns around there, right? right. That's how that works. Good times. I started right, so a uh, Gaslands League. Are you guys excited about that? I have no idea what Gaslands is. It's a it's like a tabletop war game that you play with uh, Hot Wheels, and it's like Mad Max shit. You like load out your cars with guns and shit and do death races. Man, even with three guys who host a podcast, you still manage to come across as nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you have fun, though. Someday I will be the chosen one. Yeah, when Mad Max times come, Noah will be like, I've been training for this my whole life. You know, like somebody lay out templates in front of this car and I'll show you some real shit. <laughs> Wait, that's not how real cars work? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Son of a bitch. You lied to me. <laughs> Man, how did mass shootings become the most pleasant thing we've talked about so far? All right. Oh, there you go. We had our equivalent to a mass shooting up here. The guy was sentenced this week who threw a bunch of gravel at our prime minister. So, <laughs> no. I, was, I was getting ready to say somehow a moose got into a library and knocked over a bunch of shelves. Yeah. Everyone would just feel bad for the moose because they couldn't find the book it was looking for. Help it out. Oh, poor moose. Get out of here, eh? <laughs> you get out of here, moose. Please take this this bag of oats with you because we feel bad. <laughs> That's a moosey, right? Oats this, like this, a horse. This moose clearly doesn't know, know the Dewey Decimal System. <laughs> <laughs> That's our equivalent to Conan the Librarian up here. It's our little spin-off show. <laughs> <laughs> Why does Canada get all the UHF spinoffs? We didn't get shit. Yeah. <sighs> Anyways. How's your space race going there in Canada, Doug? Space race? We have a space be like, race going? Be like sending some morons into outer space? That was my segue for the week. That was, yeah, that's pretty that was, good. That was weak, Brian. Uh, I was trying Canada, to talk Canada, after Canada, Canada doesn't have space technology. <laughs> we build ship. We put it on U.S. ships, and then the U.S. changes the name of them so that it doesn't reference Canada anymore, and we get upset about that. That's what happens. So, Is that a real thing? Because that's pretty awesome. Yep. There's like some kind of like a mechanical arm that was designed by a Canadian company and built up here, and it's on like the space station, and we refer to it as the Canada arm, but... We always get mad because if you watch them U.S. news, they call it the space arm. That's a real thing. That's, That's so good we have it up here. We have time to be upset about that. 
That seems like us, though. It is. It's like, I think it's even still, it was, maybe still is, on our $5 bill is a picture of this, like, mechanical arm. That's how proud we were of it. That's that's awesome. I'm surprised we didn't rename it something real fucking stupid. Like, at least Space Arm makes relative sense. We would have called it the fucking Benjamin Franklin Freedom Arm or some dumb shit like that. (laughs) Don't you talk shit about our Freedom Arm. No, who didn't have freedom was the uh, alien that landed in the U.S. in that movie that Ryan already tried to switch us over to talking about. (laughs) Double segue. Uh, Hey, Noah, why don't you tell us about morons from outer space? Uh, yeah, so the Earth gets visited by aliens, um, and in this case, they're dumb trailer trash aliens who crash land. And uh, the whole movie's basically jokes about people expecting them to be more than what they are, which is just dumb sacks of shit. And which... it's British, so it's all just kind of like dry situational humor. And I, I found this whole movie fucking delightful. <laughs> I figured you probably would. Yeah, it's great. That's why I went to you with this one. I mean, it's not like Monty Python funny, but it's like if, if you enjoy British humor, it's funny. Uh, yeah. Uh, I was not. Because, yeah, I'm a fan of Monty Python and I'm a fan of like. Shot of the Dead type humor. There's a lot of British humor I can enjoy, but I, I couldn't really get behind this one. Well, well, fuck you guys, because Joe Bob Briggs <laughs> is on my side. <laughs> That's fine. But yeah, I, 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 for me, most of the jokes didn't land, and every now and again, one would. But it was like, I kept thinking, like, why are we calling them the aliens morons when they really don't seem any dumber than everyone else in the movie? I think that was part of my issue with it. I'm like, I thought I thought they would be stupid and that would be like where the running joke would be is that everybody else was kind of a straight man. I don't know. That one dude does forget the name of his planet. Mm-hmm. Are you dumb? So as I'm watching this, I'm like, is this like, is this like a thing where these people are on a TV show and then they made a movie so that everybody's excited to see them because they made a movie. And I looked it up and I wasn't far off, actually. Okay. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, like uh, the guy who was like, uh, who was Bernard, the the one that crashed to the United States. Yeah. And the guy who sort of becomes like their manager. Apparently worked on some TV show together. And when they decided, what if we write a movie together? This is what they came up with. Because I noticed that without recognizing any of the names, I did notice that two of the stars were the two writers. And I was like, that was my first sign that we were getting into problematic territory. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so those guys were known before the movie. I was trying to think of like an equivalent. Um. I couldn't, I don't know. I was almost thinking like Wayne's World, but I mean, they were kind of a known thing from SNL before, so that wouldn't really yeah, track, but. 
Yeah, like these weren't characters from their TV show, right? Is that the idea? No, no, these no. Just, yeah. Yeah, okay. It was more like, I guess, Simon Pegg and uh, Nick Frost going from space to Shaun of the Dead, maybe? Yes. But, but that's more British, so, I mean, I don't know if that tracks. Yeah. I don't it's know. Almost I, like... I, it's almost like a guy who works in creature fabrication directing a movie about space clowns. We're not there yet. No more segues. <laughs> I'm just saying there's a through line. Um, why don't you tell us some parts you enjoyed of this, Noah, so that we can explain why. Yeah, because I don't enjoy those parts. I don't have any. <laughs> My entire comment is, yeah, did not enjoy my whole thing it's hard it's hard to explain it because once again like half the jokes are non-jokes no which which makes it hard to like explain like the fact that they're the guy they leave behind at the beginning spends the whole fucking movie trying to catch up to him and finally at the end of the movie he catches up to him and they're all just like no fuck off your dick and they just leave him again (laughs) (laughs) which is really fucking funny yeah, I don't know. It just didn't work for me. Like, I, I see what you're saying. And it like when it happened, I recognized that they were making a joke. But I just didn't. I don't know. And I guess a lot of like, like humor is so subjective that if it's like if it's just not working for you, it's just not working for you. But yeah, or like the, the end of the movie when the big mothership lands and you think it's going to be some kind of like finally something weird like big with the aliens is going to happen and that guy just walks out and he's like hey you guys rented a spaceship you didn't bring it back where's the spaceship at (laughs) it is basically just a dude like repoing their their spaceship (laughs) see i can see how that one would be funny if i think like it's just it's so late in the movie that i probably was checked out pretty much i don't know i I think that like this whole idea works better as like an snl skit than it does as a movie yeah i mean coneheads did it better period well see coneheads is more along the lines of what i was expecting though where they're the weirdos in a relatively normal world, granted a comedy film, normal world, but I think that's what I was expecting. And I think when you just had like everybody acting like they were from airplane in this movie, I'm like, the aliens are literally no different from the humans. Every now and again, there'd be one or two jokes that made me like chuckle a little bit. My favorite one was when Bernard character was stuck up in space and he like gets picked up hitchhiking by that other alien. The other alien starts hitting on him and realizes he's male and then just goes, ah, shit, and hits the eject button. That was probably the highlight of the movie for me. The other, the other alien who for some reasons just like a zombie. Yeah. For, for no reason. Well, it, that's what his species looks like. Well, and I mean, and you were talking about the, uh, how they were normal like there's a i think the joke is great where they come out and they're like after extensive (laughs) extensive testing we have determined that the aliens are human (laughs) everybody's like what do you mean human and he's like they're just human oh how is that possible i don't know parallel evolution or something i don't know they're just human (laughs) 
again, I remember that happening in the movie, but I just didn't find it funny. I, I don't know. It's hard to analyze comedy sometimes because I'm just sitting here going like, I, I don't know why it didn't work for me necessarily, but I think the, the whole tone of the movie just it lost me very early on. And you're just, and you're just going through the motions after that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if the tone maybe just didn't work for me. Which is weird because so I, yeah. I would enjoy like a, this was more of like a King Ralph situation. I'd be all about it. Yeah, I, th- I think you're making the same point I'm making where it's the scientists and all that should have been <laughs> intelligent, rational people dealing with these particularly stupid aliens. And the whole joke becomes the aliens are just like rednecks, basically. Yeah. I think one of us pointed out last week that uh, probably uh, Earth Girls Are Easy may have been a better selection for this slot. I would I would actually argue that Earth Girls Are Easy may be a worse movie. Oh, you fuck off. Yeah. Listen, Earth Girls Are Easy. Don't get me wrong. I have a soft spot for it, but it's it's fucking terrible. Look, just because I haven't watched it in like 30 years, I'm sure it's fine. I thought we covered it on the show once. I don't think so. What do I know? I mean, it's going on the list now, apparently. But I think it was already on the list. Didn't we watch it already? Oh, yeah, I, I don't think watch we did. It. I, I oh. feel well, well, look, this is more of us doing our programming in the <laughs> show. Let's just, you know, let, let the listeners hear our comments on these movies and we'll look at the list later and determine the. Uh, I mean, how about how about the bit in this movie where they go on the late night talk show and they're asking about their history and they're talking about going to college and all their majors are things like coloring. <laughs> Come on, you guys did you didn't find that funny? That's so fucking funny. See, that actually didn't work for me because then I'm like, oh, so these aliens aren't stupid. They're just from a different culture, which is now seems inappropriate to make fun of them for it. Well, but it's, the, a cult- in their culture, yeah, but it's a culture of stupid. It's like making fun of Americans. Well, they do that in this movie, too. But they make fun of you for your militarized approach to everything rather than your stupidity. Which is fair. That, that was like probably the, the, the best joke in my mind was when the British guys were like, we need to talk to them and figure out what to do. And the American guys were like, kill them. Just like, all right, I see what you're doing there. Again, it didn't really work for me tonally. But I, at least I appreciated the attempt at like a, a real life joke. I mean, how about the fact that they bring in the expert in linguistics and then they realize that nobody speaks any languages that he speaks? Pretty funny. Sure. I think the, no, the type, the type <laughs> of all. joke. Come on, that's funny. <laughs> the type of joke that I think would have worked like for me had I had had the tone been working was the ones where like they were interviewing them and the, the stenographer is like typing up everything that gets said and the alien like presents a pen to the people and he's like this is so much easier than having to carry around that whole machine you guys should invent something like this on your planet like that's the kind of joke that i would have appreciated that i had i been enjoying the tone of the film we call this a pen 
But then they make a whole bunch of jokes. And like, I don't mean one or two. I mean, like 40 about how these aliens supposedly can't spell. But the whole time I'm thinking, what if they just spell things differently on their planet? They are from a different planet. Maybe right. pen has two ends in it on their planet. How, how do we know? Well, and I just love the fact that, like, once again, inexplicably, they're human and they speak English and have English accents. <laughs> God, you guys are no fun. <laughs> but it's it's weird, though, like, because and like I'm trying to understand. I'm trying to explain why I like the movie. And I think some of this. So they're they're English. They speak with British accents because that's where the film was from. Okay. They drive around in like an RV, like an outer space kind of thing. They play basketball. They play soccer. But then uh, when the guy. Baseball, sir. Baseball. When the guy goes into like a pub and sees like stealing food, he doesn't know enough to sneak it. He just is taking it off people's plates. Like he doesn't know how that works. But if they're from this culture, that's exactly like ours. You would know that that's going to get you beat up. And you would not do that. Maybe. So it's like, I think that type of inconsistency is where I have this part of the issue I have with the film. Uh, by the way, I'm using my time uh, for a greater purpose, and uh, we have not covered Earth Girls Are Easy on the show. <laughs> about about later in the movie, when Bernard gets picked up by the, the truck driver, and he goes, just so you know, I am the male of my species. And the guy's like, all right, then. Come on in. <laughs> I appreciated the callback. Again, that was later in the movie, and I think. In a comedy film, if you're not enjoying it that late in a movie, nothing's really going to work. So that was probably one of the better jokes. I forgot we did Castle Freak on this show. Right, <laughs> you're just reading the list of past I episodes to people. I suppose we should move to the next movie since you guys clearly. Don't have anything to say about morons from outer space. I just, I, 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 I feel like I've made my point and I'm repeating myself. But yeah, yeah. totally, it didn't catch me, and therefore I don't know. There is one funny thing that happened, which is when I posted to Instagram that I was watching this, I implied that you two were morons from outer space, and so far the only person who's liked that post is Noah's wife. So <laughs> that's because she's got a good sense of humor. <laughs> Yes, sense of humor, definitely not life experience. She's like, how did he know? Um, I feel like this is like a time and place type movie. Maybe it was funny when it came out. If I was British, I would have watched it. But yeah, just this did nothing for me. Because honestly, that's how I feel about uh, Buckaroo Banzai. I am not a fan of that movie, and I know people love it, but I didn't see it till like within the last like ten years, and was like, "This is the movie everybody loves," and was not a fan. But I could see that if I watched it when it came out, maybe I would have grown up with an affinity for it. I mean, that's true for a lot of things. I think if you showed a child Beastmaster now. They would just be confused by it. No, they'd be like, this is the greatest movie ever. I'd be like, you're right, kid. 
should only say that because I have a video coming out about Beastmaster soon. <laughs> Start promoting his other projects. That's all this week's show is for. Yep. Nothing to say about the movie. If you guys want to hear other things I've done. Well, Doug, do you want to tell us about uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space? Because I knew this was a first-time watch for you, and you were super excited about getting to watch it. Um, not entirely accurate. Um, but I was curious about it. I, I mean, I don't know. You want the plot description of Killer Clowns from Outer Space? I mean, the yes, title is the, the title. <laughs> the title is the plot description. <laughs> um, Killer clowns crash on Earth. This is kind of a parody of V. That's how I would describe it. They show up and they they try to look all friendly by being clown-like, but then really they're taking people up and stealing them to take back to their planet to eat. Except because they're clowns, they wrap their bodies in cotton candy. And every time they kill somebody is a different clown-related theme. They they cocoon you, and then they drink your fluids with a curly straw. An outrageously long curly straw. Well, it has to be outrageously long. That's the only way it would make sense. Of course. Now now tell me, Doug, uh, could you tell that the director of this film was, in fact, a special effects artist and not a director of films? I could, in fact, tell that, believe it or not. Like uh, a storytelling masterpiece, this is not. Um, Definitely not. <laughs> now, I will say I was blown away by like the sets and the clown, the difference in the clown designs. Like I thought in my head, this was going to be three guys in the because you've seen we've all seen the picture of the three clowns like that show up on the poster. No, there's like 30. Yeah, I thought there'd be those three clowns running around a small town. I anticipated nothing else, right? When they first get to it, I'm like, oh, look, they they rented a, a circus tent for this movie. Their budget was higher than I thought. And then the people go into that circus tent that and it's like Star Wars like sets in there with giant like the giant like, I don't know, holes down. What do you call that? Like the big, the big vertical tube that they have to figure out how to get across yeah. and the doors that actually open and close and everything lights up and stuff. And they find the bodies hanging in that big area and i think it's map paintings that they've used i was trying yeah. to figure out the technology but it's really well done and i was like what the hell is going on in this movie yep high production value high and then the thing quality. is they then they come out of that tent and the clowns are like walking towards town and they're like oh we need one of those signs that says the name of the town five miles that way and then so they just got somebody to get a piece of cardboard and a black magic marker and draw the name of the town five miles that way in an arrow. And I'm like, there it's really the the contrast is fascinating when they're really trying to do something versus when they're just like going through their excuses to get to the next um, the next scene. Well, it's it's got that magic that magic of movies from that era of take ridiculous premise X and then just fucking commit to it. (laughs) Yeah. Which I feel like people can't do nowadays. People don't commit to that. They make the, the ridiculous premise, the joke of the film in which it's not like in this film, they just go, this is a ridiculous premise and we're actually making this movie. And yes, that's funny, but we're just letting it be funny on its own. It's it's the child's play approach to filmmaking of just like, yeah, that doll is killing people. And 
we know that it's ridiculous that like nobody's pretending it's not ridiculous but none of the characters in the movie are going to point out that it's ridiculous that's not the joke you know what i mean and i do like that style of um that style of, of storytelling i enjoy and so like in this one like i was just i was really impressed by how many different ways the clowns managed to use clown stereotypes to kill people and it's like everything from like the prank of like delivering pizzas to someone's door that didn't order them all the way up to like you know the, the really obvious ones with the uh flower that squirts in people's faces and taking people into a fun house like everything clown related that you can think of they use that as a way to kill in this movie even like my favorite one was maybe um when they made a dog out of balloons and then they were using the dog to trade track people down <laughs> i was like i'm like what the hell is going on right now that's amazing <laughs> like yeah uh, they back over him in the van and take off yeah, yeah. And the clown looks genuinely upset that they backed over the dog. Yeah, like I like I really liked that those elements of it. Basically, I like any time the clowns were doing something clowny, I enjoyed it. And then when no. the clowns were off screen for like two seconds, I was like, "Oh, where's the clowns? There's nothing going on." <laughs> no, see, I think even that works because ninety percent of the time you spend that's not with the clowns is with that asshole cop. It's just, once again, you know, the, the generic pastiche of the asshole bad cop. I'm not going to be tricked by this entire town into believing clowns from outer space have landed. This is an elaborate prank. The whole town's in on it. I don't know if I if I enjoyed that as much. But, I mean, luckily there wasn't much time spent without clowns. They, like... Like I say, not exactly a great deal of storytelling going on. It was mostly just clowns doing clown shit. I really yeah. like when the tiny clown punches that fucking uh, biker set off. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to knock your block off because it's a reference to the commercial for those fighting robots. Um, yeah, it was it was really good. Again, like they kept coming up with more clown stuff to do, and I kept being impressed with how they kept coming up with things. I really liked the clown that did, was doing the shadow puppets, and I'm like, right from the get go, I'm like, them shadow puppets is gonna kill those people. But when he finally does, like, like the dinosaur shape, and the uh, like shadow comes down and eats the people up, I was like, really thought it was really well done. Looked great. I don't know how they pulled it off, to be honest. I think it's just that old fashioned drawn on film. Yeah. Might be. I don't know. I like the a, show thing too. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, how about the, the clown's weaknesses that if you destroy their stupid nose, they die and explode. Makes as much sense as anything. Thought it was a fun little like tribute to like the Romero idea of like he had to shoot the zombie in the head. Thought it was the same kind of idea applied to clowns, which was fun. The only thing it was missing is uh it should have exploded into confetti. There was that like was some too much. That would have been like too some, much. Then the film would have been stuff, ridiculous. But... Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. And then the, the fucking clownosaurus at the end of the movie. Yeah. So good. Again, when they get back into that um, 
that fun house at the end of the movie, which is like, again, throw logic out the window because there's just already an evil uh, fun house at this fair that happens to be right near the town that they're at, which doesn't like it seems like that's not related to the clowns at all, but they just take it over and already have it set up to do all these like booby traps and stuff. But once they're in there, everything that happens in there is fun. Yeah, this movie is is a lot of fun. It's like we've been talking about. If nothing else, even if you're like, well, story doesn't do much for me. Still, the design of the clowns is just amazing. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, the sheer like variety of clowns that they had and the sheer variety of like ways to do the different kills that they had was like blowing my mind. I'm like, they, they just, they, they never ran out. And I kept thinking they would. Like, I kept just thinking, okay, like, they'll, they're going to waste a bunch of time with these human characters next. Like, that's what's coming, logically. But then it just never did. They're just like, no, no, we can keep finding ways. The uh, pieces of popcorn that turn into weird clown snake things. Yep. Went after that girl in the bathroom. Yeah, that was great. In which uh, the director of this movie has been trying to make a sequel for for fucking ever. Uh And uh, I can't remember. I think Miramax owns it. Is that right? I don't know. It's something random. Some random movie company owns the rights to it due to the original one. And he keeps getting so close to getting it made. And then the fucking studio will shut it down. Yeah, there's talk of doing like a series or something for who. Yeah. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure if I want anything else more from the Killer Clowns universe, though. I think maybe they well, said what they like. As much as I enjoyed this, I think they maybe said what they needed to say. Well, you'd be wrong because apparently there is a Killer Clowns from Outer Space video game coming out. I'm, I'm and, fine with that. And it's like the based on the popularity of like the Friday Thirteenth and the Evil Dead games. I think it's set up like that. We're, some people are playing clowns, other people are playing citizens, and they hunt you down and I'm sure kill you in weird, fucked up ways. Would it would it help to sell you, Doug, if the name of that sequel that he's been trying to make that he can't get made is the return of the killer clowns from outer space in 3D? I mean, I think I missed their window when 3D televisions were popular for home viewing, so... It's irrelevant. Well, if it's called that and then I don't get to watch it in 3D, that's going to be upsetting. I suppose. Ooh, this video game has the, you can use the uh, balloon dog to hunt people down. Nice. Hey, can I ask you guys a serious question about this movie? <laughs> okay. How old were any of the characters in this movie? 40. Yeah, between Some... 17 and 45. Uh, weirdly, that is the exact age range I had. Because <laughs> 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 I'm like, okay, the main character, like the main guy, he looks about 25. So in 1988 terms, that's that's 17, right? But then he says he went to high school with the two guys that drive the um, drive the uh, ice cream truck. But those guys are clearly in their 40s. <laughs> and then the girl who's dating that guy 
you would assume is the same age as him. So if he's 17, she's 17. But like the town cop is her ex-boyfriend. I'm like, I don't know what's going on here. I don't know. Did anybody notice uh, Christopher Titus at the beginning of the movie? Anybody knows who Christopher Titus is? He's the nerdy guy wearing the glasses, walking across the street, drinking the beer. Oh, I did did not know that was Christopher Titus. I know vaguely who he is, but I guess I don't recognize him from that far back. Yeah. I went I went and saw Christopher Titus at a very small venue, like I think two years ago, one year ago. I can't remember. COVID destroyed time. Yeah. Post post COVID at some point. Uh, and my favorite part of that show was him and his wife. His wife was the opener and they were I don't know what they did, but they like delayed starting the show for like an hour and a half past whenever it was supposed to start. Jesus. And there was some drunk fucking trailer trash lady in there and she lost her fucking mind over it. And she like turned into some kind of ancient fucking sea crone cursing the whole place <laughs> like she, she was just back in the corner going he's pissing me off i seen him on the tv it's <laughs> <laughs> uh, the best one of the best fucking moments of my life is that old lady screaming random drunken things at christopher titus did he ever explain why they were so late no, no, he didn't. And she got thrown out. And I don't even know if Christopher Titus ever got to experience the, the fucking <laughs> evil sea hag who had come to his show. Crazy. I saw him like 20 something years ago. Um, I don't know. Do you have any uh, favorite deaths, Noah? Fuck. I don't know. I've got all sorts of moments that I really fucking like. like I, I love the the little clown on the tricycle fucking with the uh, the bikers. It's fantastic. Like yeah. a puppet show guy. Um, I'm also a big fan of the beginning of the movie where the old man finds the circus tent spaceship and fucking just he just has like the shittiest last moments of a person's life of all time. Like his dog gets snatched and then he fucking punches the tent, which is made out of metal. So he busts his hand all up and then he grabs that thing and gets electrocuted. It's pretty great. <laughs> I'm not going to lie with that. That old man and his dog saw like the aliens falling from outer space. There was a small part of me that was like, is this like a reboot of Fraggle Rock? Is that what's happening here? Are they explaining how things ended up living under this old man's house? Because that's fun. That's weird. My reaction to that part of the movie is always whenever he sees the thing fly overhead and hit the ground is meteor shit. Yeah, that's that's fair. <laughs> Yeah, that was uh, Royal Dano. Well, he used to be in a lot of westerns back in the day. Um, three of us would know him because he played Gramps in the uh, House Two movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, was him under all that makeup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't no. recognize him. No. Damn it! I love this uh, movie. This so, movie. I'm so glad I got to watch this movie again. 
This movie is like a perfect like uh, USA Up All Night movie. Because, I mean, you don't really have to cut anything out. There's like one scene where clowns are going around uh, knocking on people's doors and then killing them or abducting them or whatever, however you want to say it. Um, and there's a girl that ha- opens the door and has a see-through shirt, and you can see her nipples through the shirt. I think that's like the only thing you'd have to cut out of this movie to play it on like USA. Close, yeah. Even that, I, 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 in my head, I'm thinking that probably is just a result of them upgrading the quality of the picture. And probably when this movie was new, you couldn't see her nipples. That's my guess. Possible. But I can just imagine like Gilbert Godfrey like introducing this movie. Or on Mon- or on Monster I, Vision with Joe Bob. I was I was getting ready to say I think if it was on Up All Night I would rather Rhonda introduce this movie than Gilbert. Oh, uh, she did usually do the horror movies, didn't she? Yeah. He he usually did like the sex comedies, I guess. Has Joe Bob has Joe Bob ever done Killer Clowns? I have no clue. I don't think he has. That's really weird. So fucking good. God, I love this movie. I'm just going to gush about it for 20 minutes. Yeah, no, it's fine. (laughs) I don't think I I don't think I loved it as much as you do, which is not, I think, surprising given the style of the film and whatever. But it was definitely I was I was a little worried going into that it was going to feel like the other movie does. And this didn't at all do that for me. It was very much uh, an enjoyable little romp, even though nothing even though, the, like I say, storyline-wise and everything, nothing really worked or mattered. The, the the way they just kept going back with those clown tropes and those clown kills, I was really enjoying it. Well, honestly, I, kind, of, kind of surprised. I figured you'd hate this movie. I, I was I was worried I would too. Like, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I'm as surprised as anyone that I enjoyed this movie. But it I, again, it's. There's not enough time. The stuff that's not good, which to me is anything not involving a clown, there's just not that much of it. They just they had no interest in like telling a story or getting it to know the characters. They're just like clown, 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 clown. Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MN Drive-In Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Alright, well, Noah disappeared. I don't know what fucking happened to him. Maybe a clown got to him. I assume the clown got to him. Which would make sense. I mean, that is how he predicted he would go. Killed by clown. I think it's we all knew that that's how we'd go one day. We just didn't know it'd be today. <laughs> this is an ironic moment when we're wrapping up our discussion of killer clowns from outer space. I don't even know if it counts as ironic. I mean... I, I assumed he was going to be killed by a clown. The fact that we happen to be talking about clowns this week doesn't seem like doesn't see. It seems like we talk about clowns enough that it, that it's not even that big of a coincidence. But yeah. you know, um, well, you said you didn't really watch anything this week. 
I did not. Except for whatever your kid made you watch. Yeah. What's your kid making you watch? No. Um, (laughs) I don't keep a list. Some some Paw Patrol or? Well, we watched the main event, the WWE film about a kid who finds a magic wrestling mask and turns him into a great wrestler. There's an actual movie? I don't know. Yeah, it's an actual movie. He finds like a an ancient luchador mask at like an estate sale and it, whenever he puts it on he becomes a great wrestler so he joins like the nxt challenge to win 50 grand to save his family home oh. this is a new movie well with nxt i guess it would have to be yeah it's newish i, I don't think it's brand new um somehow i completely yeah. missed this i'm checking what year it came out now because i oh 2020 yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, it's I don't know. It, it's a it's a kid's movie, right? So he he eventually gets high on himself and he misses the talent show. So his friends are mad at him and he has to realize that he has to be a good friend as well as a wrestler <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. And then he has to like his dad tells him that all the wrestlers have a weakness. So the one wrestler's scared of heights. So naturally he uses that against him to win a match. All the predictable kids movie stuff. The only vaguely interesting thing about it, about it is like just how dark the setup to the film is. Because yeah. the whole the whole concept is like he's got to win this money, save his house. Because just before the story started, his mom met another man, left his family behind, and just took off and refuses to talk to him. And I'm like, Jesus, like that's real dark. And it's like yeah. so it's he's living in the house with his dad, who is like a mechanic or something. And then he drives Lyft all night to try to like make ends meet because he's all of a sudden got to pay all the bills himself. Cause wifey just up and left. And like the mom's mother is staying with them to watch the kid when the dad's like out driving Lyft. And she's like full on like, yeah, no, my daughter sucks as, <laughs> as, a, as a mom. So I'm here to help like save the day. And I'm like, I don't, there seems like there's a lot easier ways to get to that, to get to the setup of them needing money and him finding this mask. But it's like, I sure. don't know. It's, if this is the direction we're going, I guess. It's like, all right. And like, it's, it's never resolved. Like at the end of the movie, he like wins the championship, obviously like spoiler alert. What? And, uh, you know, all this, he's made, he, all his friends have accepted him back and his dad and him there. And, you know, the, the one wrestler guy that was nice to him, he helps that guy get a contract because once everybody finds out he's a kid, they won't sign him to a WWE contract. And all that stuff's resolved. The grandma character even gets to meet her favorite wrestler. Like everything is possibly resolved, but they never, we never see the mom. The mom never calls to check on him. Like, what a bitch. I'm just like, oh, I don't know. Sure what that is. Did he start asking a bunch of questions like, why aren't you and mommy together anymore? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, the, and like, like that's one of the subplots is that like the dad doesn't know how to handle it. And so he like goes out to the like garage and works on this old car whenever the conversations get too tough. And the grandma's like, you've got to like talk to him about this stuff and all that. And I'm like, okay, but maybe talk to your fucking daughter who just moved to New York city with another man and left her kid behind. Like, right. who does that? <laughs> 
like i don't i don't think that's acceptable i guess it's like a, <laughs> it's nice that it's gender swap because like, traditionally i think that would be the dad that is just the complete absentee parent yeah so, this was if this was an 80s movie that's 100 yeah. percent what it would be but it, it's like i don't know it it it's oddly dark for this like movie and like i keep waiting for my kid to ask a bunch of questions about it like because he watches he's watched the movie like three four times now so oh like interesting i don't know <laughs> i'm back oh, hey look who's back. back just in time to tell us what you've watched this week no fucking comcast bullshit yep that's why i don't have that <laughs> Uh, I I watched one thing, Guardians of the Galaxy three. Which I also watched, and uh, Doug hasn't seen yet. It's good. Is it good? Yeah, yeah, I liked it. Like Guardians one, good or Guardians two, good? <sighs> I don't see. I don't know. I have I have different feelings about those two movies. I don't necessarily think one's better than the other one. Okay, I do. How big of a difference are your feelings on those movies? Well, like, like one. I, I think one is a probably like overall a more consistent movie, but I think the emotional bits in number two are better than the emotional bits in the first one. Well, see, I don't think the I don't think the emotional bits really work well in either one, which is why I think that. Um, first one is much better because it just doesn't try as many then then you probably won't like this one at all <laughs> yeah this one's kind of all emotional bits yeah i'll i'll be honest i was weeping man tears through about half the movie except i'm not against emotional bits in my superhero movies i enjoy it i just the ones in guardians 2 didn't work for me i only cried once so Man, I don't, I don't know how that's possible. I was like, I was pretty beat up for most of it. Oh, because I was sitting with two of my friends and my new girlfriend, so I was trying not to. <laughs> he contained it. Blubbering sure. mess. I gotta hold it back. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll tell you what they did in this movie that they haven't done in a while that I'm super happy with. They just the fucking villain is just a straight up villain. Yeah, I agree with that. And and I know that for a while people didn't like super villains just being villains. But I'll tell you what, I actually think the overly complex villains are now the cliche. I just want I just want a bad guy with bad motivations doing bad things because then I can hate him and it simplifies the storytelling. Yeah, I I think the problem is that we don't want a whole bunch of movies that are the same. And I think that that's where you're like, it It has become like too common for the villains to be sympathetic. And it's like, why not have some that are sympathetic and some that are, you know? Right. Yeah. And this one is not. Yeah. Who is the villain? The high evolutionary. Okay. That's not going to make sense to me until I see the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's good. I, it's a I, I recommend for me. I will say my my only complaint about the movie, I think they they chickened out. I'll agree with that. 
in that what not enough people die. Is that what you guys are suggesting? Maybe. Yeah, have to watch it. I just think I think they could have I think they could have just went out bigger and they didn't. Well, and there is talk that I think not all of the. uh, Not all the characters are necessarily done. Several of the actors have said they're done. Some have implied they would be willing to come back. So. We'll see. And they made they made some weird choices with the character of Adam Warlock that I'm just like, get it. I mean, I kind of get what they were going for, but man, if you're a fan of him from the comic books, you're going to be like, what the fuck? And I only know really like infinity gauntlet onwards, Adam Warlock space Jesus. So I was like worried. I was like, did I just, do I just not know how he was before all that? Um, No, no space. Jesus. He's he's okay. been he's always been space Jesus. So they completely changed his personality then. For the- yes. Okay. Yeah, I was not a fan then of that. Well, they they took away one of the most important aspects of the concept of being a perfect being, and that would be a perfect being would have like perfect morality. Sure. And and not be a, a fucking dipshit. <laughs> <laughs> Although I'll tell you what, I think he looks good. I think the power set looks about right. You know, they kind of come out of the gate being like, "Yeah, look at look at how fucking strong this dude is." Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Let's see it. What's like the story of the movie? <clears throat> have you Dude. watched any of the trailers no not really do, do you want to know the actual plot because even knowing the plot is slightly spoilery which they kind of show in the trailer which is why I asked yeah that's fine I, a little bit of spoilers but I don't want every detail spoiled but. Uh, so essentially they get attacked at the beginning of the movie and uh Rocket gets pretty badly injured in the entire well, 75% of the movie is them on a mission trying to save Rocket. And during that time, Rocket is having flashbacks of his backstory, which feeds into what's going on now. Okay. See, that's kind of cool. I like the idea that he's the centerpiece because we don't know much about him. And it's very much interesting. It's very interesting to me that he's just like a raccoon that's been experimented on. And they he's not a raccoon. Sorry. So whatever. That looks like a raccoon to me. A space rabbit. But no, it's it's really, and he really is. The movie centers, it's kind of interesting because like Rocket's unconscious for three quarters of the movie. In the, but he is the center of the entire movie. Yeah, he's definitely the guiding force of everything. Which is kind of cool, because even like uh, Quill kind of takes a backseat in this one. Um, You should watch it, Doug. Talk about it next week. I might get to it. 
Son of a bitch. It's it's a well told. It's just it's a well told story. Yeah. That's not like my feeling on most of the Guardian stuff so far. So it's not. It's See, I don't I don't get that because of all the complaints you could make against James Gunn, I think his ability to tell a narrative is not one. The dude knows how to like construct a story. I'm not suggesting that the stories are don't work in the other movies. I just find they're they're primarily just comedy films. That's what works for them the most for me. I don't know. Somebody asked me once why I like the first one so much because I really like the first one. And I told them that I felt the same way walking out of the theater of that movie than I did the first time I saw Star Wars. That's how much I love the first movie. Okay, I can't. Yeah, I can't get behind that. Sorry. Again, I don't I don't dislike the movie, but Oh yeah, see I think I think it's I, I lost my shit over like every character. You know what I mean? Because it like even the, I'm not a huge uh fan of uh Chris Pratt, but Star Lord's great and Rocket's great, and Groot's great. <laughs> Gamora was great. Fucking Ronan was great. Like every every character was great in that first movie. And it's not very often I get an ensemble cast movie where I'm actually like, fuck yeah, all these people should be here. I will say it does answer the most important question, though, Doug, that you'll have. Which is uh, what happened to Kevin Bacon after the holiday special? Oh, it does address that. Uh, it's good, actually. I do want to know. You have to be paying attention, but it does. I'll do my best. It actually it actually addresses two things from holiday special. In which I don't I don't know why nobody I heard somebody in the theater asking weird questions and I wanted to be like, you didn't watch the other fucking thing, did you? Son of a bitch. I don't watch the Disney Plus stuff. Well, I know, I know people that absolutely refuse, like almost on principle at this point. Well, I'm like, well, sucks to be you because I understand everything that's going on then. Well, it was somebody I, it was somebody talking about Nebula's arm. Yeah. And they were like, why would that be different? And I was like, it's the holiday special. It's the whole joke. Like, it's a callback to the joke. Like. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that they turned it into not a joke. I don't know. No. Strange. I do. I do understand that the MCU with the inclusion of the Disney plus stuff has gotten so big that not everyone can watch everything. So, yeah, but there's people that like when strange was coming out because a friend of mine is a huge Sam Raimi fan and he's seen all of the other Marvel movies. And so I told him, if you are going to want to know what's going on, you're going to have to watch WandaVision. It's only like, how many episodes is that? Like eight or ten or something? Yeah. It was so fucking good. Yeah. I would have to understand not wanting to watch some of the shittier ones. Yeah. And he's like, no, I'm not going to watch it. So I asked him after he saw it. He's like, yeah, I had no idea any of that shit that was going on. I'm like, yeah, because you didn't do what I fucking told you to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I guess I don't understand why you would refuse to watch it. But I also just 
I can get I get why some people can't watch everything, but the refusal to watch it makes no sense. Well, yeah, and, if and if you don't watch it, don't don't bitch that you don't get the thing. Like, yeah. You know, yeah, don't watch it. Don't watch like that applies to everything. Don't watch a sequel and complain if it doesn't make sense because you haven't seen the original. It is a sequel. Get used to it. Well, I mean, unless it's like House Two, you can probably get away. <laughs> and with then that. you're bitching, and then you're bitching slightly justified because even if you watch the first one, you don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the first one just to see what was going on. Wait till you get to part four. I mean, our Phantasm, you can literally watch the Phantasm series in any order, and it makes exactly the same amount of sense. (laughs) Phantasm series, regardless of the order you want, the amount of sense, it's a negative number. I know that much. (laughs) Uh, It's funny. I was gonna say, and then and then the only th- other thing I watched, and I forgot the guy's name. I watched uh, a stand-up special by oh, it's Matt something. He's the comedian that is a little person. Oh, I don't know. Oh, Brad Williams. That might be that might be who I'm talking about. It's but, pretty impressive that Brian got there from your description, right? Well, <laughs> there little aren't person, that many. Little person pretty much sold it on. Yeah. Uh. I don't know. I had mixed feelings about it because it's a comedian who I'd seen before and I thought was funny. And then I watched this stand up special and I was like, uh, I don't I don't think you can use your status as a marginalized person to make fun of other marginalized people. You don't think it works like that. Like, oh, I think you can. He gets uh, nah, he gets pretty close to just straight up making a. Uh, an inward joke. Like, and it's like, ah, I don't think you should do that, bro. <laughs> I shouldn't it's do that one. It's a bad, it's a real bad idea. And he, and he pushes that envelope a few times in the show and you're like, uh, I don't get it. I, I, I don't get how you can take something and then justify it to kind of just be kind of mean and douchey. And not in the ironic mean and douchey way, but in the way that you feel like, oh, this guy's just straight up mean and douchey. Is that the name of a special mean and douchey? It should be. I mean, I don't know. I think people see somebody like uh, what's his what's his name? Anthony Anthony uh, Jeselnik do his thing. And then they don't get that the that the joke is that he's being unrealistically mean. No, I certainly think there's truth to that. Yeah. 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 And they go, oh, ha ha ha. It's funny to be mean. And it's like, no, no, not. That's not the joke. (laughs) The the joke is he's going over the top and being unreasonable about it so that nobody would believe that he actually feels that way. I don't know. Strange. Comedy is getting complicated, especially in this era of sensitivity. Well, luckily, I, I I just choose not to be sensitive. It really makes it simpler. <laughs> I don't know. I, I try not to be. And then somebody pushes some weird line and I'm like, ooh, <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not the Holocaust joke. Maybe not. Like, maybe not. <laughs> like, I think Jessel like does some Holocaust jokes and I'm like, yeah, it's OK. 
Yeah, but see, once again, there's a difference between Cheselnik making a Holocaust joke that's a joke about how unreasonably ha- hateful <laughs> the thing he said is, and Mel Gibson making a Holocaust joke. <laughs> Which is about how bad the Jews are. You know? Yeah, I mean, uh, yes. I think people mistake the topic of a joke for the subject of the joke sometimes, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. What'd you watch, Doug? Now that I brought everything down. <laughs> we already talked about what Doug Doug watched. Oh. I watched nothing. We were we were discussing movies that my kid forced me to watch before you got on because I have literally nothing else. So were they were they good? Tell tell uh, Noah the wrestling movie you watched. Is it <laughs> I can go through this one again. Just the brief synopsis. Is it, is it Air Bud, but it's wrestling with a dog? No, we talked about that one already a couple of weeks ago. Oh, well, you should have watched that one again. Well, this, trust me, I have a six-year-old. I'll probably watch every movie I've talked about that I watched with him. I'd probably watch it again. But this one that we've watched three times now is called The Main Event, Noah. And the premise is that a kid who's uh, being bullied at school and is having financial troubles at home due to an ongoing divorce he finds a magic wrestling mask which makes him into a very strong wrestler and he joins the nxt tournament to win fifty thousand dollars in a wwe contract to save the day doesn't that sound delightful i was getting ready to say so first of all that sounds like a wwe produced turn of a movie but also no wait (laughs) but if it's but if it wasn't it sounds like one of the greatest movies of all time. <laughs> if they're involved with it, it definitely was. It's like, it's definitely got the WWE, like the, the Miz is in it. And there's a few other wrestlers that make appearances. So they're at least on board, even if they're not directly producing it. Well, I mean, the big NXT logo is there. He's yeah. fighting for a WWE contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are, there are like, um, <clears throat> There's a lot of references to wrestling. Oh, here's the best part of the movie. You guys will appreciate this. So like when he's developing his character, cause he's going to go and join wrestling. There's a scene where he's just like in front of his mirror and it's like montage, like cutting to him in different outfits, repeating classic wrestling phrases. Nice. But then at one point he pops up and he's wearing a hot rod t-shirt and he goes, I'm here to kick butt and chew bubble gum. And I'm all out of bubble gum. <laughs> and I start laughing and my kid obviously doesn't get the reference, but like, that's perfect. Nice. That's the highlight of the movie for me. You guys, you guys remember that time that the WWE suckered Ed Harris into being into one of their kind of shitty movies? They suckered a lot of good people into being in, the, in their movies. I don't think uh, I don't think it's called suckering. I think it's just called offering people who are professional actors a job, and they take it. Yeah. Yes. Don't Ed, Harris. I mean, no, Ed Harris doesn't seem like the type of actor that just randomly takes roles for a paycheck. You may not have even known it was a WWE produced movie. Like, what was the what movie was he in? The one that was called That's What I Am. It's about a kid who befriends a tall ginger kid because he's discriminated against. And Ed Harris plays his teacher and uh, one of the bad kids in the school whose drunken, abusive stepfather, Randy Orton, uh, beats him. They start a rumor that Ed Harris's character is gay. 
in the school threatens to fire him unless he comes out and says he's not gay and he refuses to do it, thus teaching the children a valuable lesson about it doesn't matter or something. I don't see. I can see him thinking that's Oscar Beatty, though. Yeah, listen. The second that the second WWE's involved, that Oscar bait is no oh, longer totally. baiting. Totally. I'm saying his agent probably talked him into it. He's like, no, this is like Oscar material. And then he gets on set. He's like, is that fucking Randy Orton? And, okay. you know, he's stuck. Like the built into the assumption is that like, yeah, like you would never do WWE films, but he watches it. Obviously, he knows who Randy Orton is. That's like, <laughs> Yeah, that would be that. You know what the best thing that would be the explanation is you ask him and Ed Harris just goes, no, I'm a huge wrestling fan. <laughs> and you're like, oh, OK, <laughs> I just didn't really. You seemed like you had better taste than that. I'm, I'm glad you're one of us. But or would it be better if he was an old school wrestling fan and he's on set? And he's like, is that Cowboy Bob Orton's son? What's he doing in this movie? He's like, where's Macho Man? <laughs> he's been dead for a while and he's like oh shit <laughs> been out of touch fuck it's a good thing Hulk's still around nope we don't talk about him uh, <laughs> eh, they talk about him again <sighs> enough time has passed they card him out around Wrestlemania time to get people to subscribe to the to Peacock or whatever Um, this seems like a modern version of Sidekicks, which makes me just want to watch this movie. I think you did Sidekicks. The one you told me has like a ghost in it. Oh, no, it doesn't have a ghost in it. But it had a ghost Chuck Norris in it. No, uh, no, it's got an imaginary Chuck Norris, imaginary in it. friend, Chuck and Norris. a real Chuck Norris. Yes. To compliment the imaginary Chuck Norris. (laughs) I misunderstood your previous discussions. Oh, my God. The sidekicks has to go on the list. But what will we team it with? I don't know. Other than Surf Ninjas. We did Surf Ninjas, didn't we? We did Surf Nazis. Can we do Surf Ninjas again? If we did. We don't need to do Surf Ninjas. Surf Ninjas doesn't sound like something I want to watch. Would it would it help you uh, get into Surf Ninjas if I told you that uh, what's what's his face from Saturday Night Night Live is in it? Uh, Adam Sandler's friend. That's Rob, not Rob, what's his no. face? Schneider. Schneider. Yeah. Really Rob Schneider's in it. Unless he's in his Deuce Bigelow persona, I don't need to see him in this. <sighs> got Leslie uh, Nielsen in it. Well, sidekicks have been put on the list, uh, teamed up with three ninjas because that's where we're at right now. But they're not three ninjas. I'm, I'm fine with sidekicks <laughs> going on the list. Let's team it up with something better. It's on the list already, Doug. I can't change it. It's physically you, you impossible. Haven't, you haven't hit save yet. <laughs> you have to hit save? Yes. I don't think that's true. God fucking what was that? Uh, what was that god awful one with the uh, the fucking geez. weird kangaroo people that this do karate? Is, this is Noah's idea of how to shoot a movie. What's that <laughs> terrible one? The one that nobody's gonna like watching. How do we get that on the list? Uh, 
Yeah. Warriors of Virtue. You guys remember that one? Oh, no. Yeah. That was, fucking, that was fucking weird, man. Jesus Christ. Um, I feel like you guys don't know how to how to party. <laughs> you know, with, classic party technique of get together and watch a movie you don't enjoy. <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I think I do have another movie. That I can team it up with. It's not surf ninjas. Um. Uh, I'll figure this out. I will switch it out. But um, let's see. Did you that all you watch, Noah? Oh yeah. Um. So as I mentioned, I've been dating somebody, and she watches a bunch of horror movies. So I can't like introduce her to some things because she's already seen them. Although I tried with Chopping Mall, she did not enjoy it. Uh, that, it's too bad things didn't work out for you, Brian. Right? Seems uh, nice, and that really bothers me. It's really sad. Um, so we were looking for something to watch, and I threw out uh, uh, the Collector because she's never seen it before. Okay. And I was like, oh, I, re- I remember enjoying this movie. We should watch this. Uh, so we watched the Collector, uh, which was. Made by the two guys that wrote, like, saw, like, three through five, six. I'll try to guess which saw movies. Yeah, it doesn't matter. They're a, they're a blur in the middle there. Yeah. Um, and so this one deals with uh, a guy sort of breaks into a house because his wife owns some uh, loan sharks some money. And um, when he breaks in, he finds that the family in this house, which he was like an electrician or some shit and was at their house earlier, have been uh, taken hostage by some crazed lunatic who has set up weird traps all throughout their house. And because he's such a thief with a heart of gold, he can't leave without trying to save them and has to work his way through all these traps without getting discovered and or possibly killed by the collector who likes to literally collect people. Um, yeah, she told me she doesn't think I'm allowed to recommend movies anymore. <sighs> she didn't like the collector either. Oh, Oh, fuck Brian. No, I'm sorry. I was me worried. Yeah, you have to. This relationship is done. I'm sorry. <laughs> apologize. Apologize to her for me. But I'm I'm putting a stop to this as your friend. Oh man, <laughs> she's gonna be disappointed. She does listen to the show. She's gonna hear this. <laughs> well, did you think the collector held up, Brian? I haven't seen it since whenever it came, uh, came out came out in 2009 because I looked it up because it definitely feels like a 2009 movie with the editing and just the music yeah. and shit so it does have that sort of like well, let's be saw without being saw type yeah. stuff it, yeah. it borders on torture porn but I think it's it has a lot more to offer than torture porn yeah so did I. I. I really liked it. Still enjoyed it. 
uh, it did feel a little uh, stamped in time, though. So if that's what you're worried about, yeah, it'll probably probably stick out like, oh, yeah, yeah, 2009 movie. That's for damn sure. But um, I don't know. I still liked it. And the sequels were all good, too. I know. I showed her the trailer. I'm like, come on, huh? Sequel, maybe? We got a bigger budget. She's not seem a treat. It's <sighs> yeah. a bummer. That's upsetting. I'm glad you enjoyed what rewatching it. It makes me feel better about <laughs> if I get around to rewatching it, then I might enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, every time I'm like, man, you don't like anything I recommend. She's like, no, I watched those Fear Street movies. I enjoyed those. And I was like, oh. Okay. I think those are towards the bottom of my recommendation barrel, though. But I don't know. Could be a tough one. <laughs> You're going to have to start giving her tests, start recommending her movies that she shouldn't like, and see if all of a sudden she, likes <laughs> she can't be trusted. I think she has watched some of those like Piranaconda type movies. And I'm like, oh no. Why are you watching this? Maybe, <laughs> maybe Troll 2. I don't know, Noah. I mean, I do like dating her. I don't know if I need to chase, <laughs> completely chase her away. Well, that's what Noah's working on now because he's upset about this lecture news. Right? Yeah, she didn't enjoy Chopping Mall. I'm way more concerned about Chopping Mall. She was not yeah. a fan of uh, Slaughter High. Uh, I don't remember her being a fan of Pieces either after I recommended that one. Yeah. See, that I can, Pieces is pretty niche. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if anything, though, it's shopping malls. It's a real upsetting one. I tell her all the time. Yeah, no, you should make her rewatch it. Just keep uh, making her rewatch it until she says it's good. Funny thing is, she is uh, she's come over and she's stayed uh, over the weekend a couple times. Nobody told my mom. And uh, she's like, oh, I need to see one of your shirts to wear. And I make her wear the shopping mall one all the time. It's reasonable. You will, a, you will wear it until you like the goddamn movie, right? Like you will wear the Killbot shirt. You will enjoy it. Yeah. So I'm trying. We'll see. See if I can recommend something that I think is actually pretty good and she enjoys. So. Maybe Here's she a, have like some childhood trauma or something that can explain <laughs> how she would not enjoy chopping ball. Uh, ATM like uh, tried to like pulled her sleeve in by accident at the mall once. ATM called her an asshole. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, said, <laughs> this, this ATM called me an asshole. Yeah. Maybe that's what I should do. I should ask her if she's ever seen Maximum Overdrive. Uh, uh, maybe, maybe Creep Show. 
page meteor shit. She probably has. She's seen a like. She's seen a lot of. That's why I'm having to like dip into like the more like B movie sort of stuff. Um, because she's seen like a lot of it. I mean, we went and saw UHF together, and she absolutely loved it. She had seen it before, so okay, okay. there is that. Okay. Don't make excuses for her. <laughs> Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. Uh, now that we're done, maybe ruining my relationship. Uh, Doug, did you pick movies for next week? <laughs> movies for you to watch alone in your home. Yeah. While crying into your into a beer. Yes, I did yeah. pick some for you. Um I figured we all liked the killer clowns this week. Might as well do more killer clowns next week. Oh, so okay. S- Stitches from twenty twelve and clown from twenty fourteen. Hmm. Well, I understand the more serious side of clown movies. The more serious side, yes. I believe one is a uh, clown. Uh, dies in an accident and comes back to life to take his revenge. And the other one is guy gradually transforming into a clown that yeah. kills people. So I believe Eli Roth uh, produced that one. <clears throat> okay. I can't confirm. Cindy has seen maximum overdrive before. So <laughs> <sighs> you, <gotta keep laughs> you definitely All have right. to. Um, so, so what you're saying is trucks. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm not even that <laughs> sadistic. Come on. No, come on. That's just mean. Nobody should have to watch Timothy Busfield. Is there any clown movies we're going to watch after this? Are we, just gonna, are we in, a, in the middle of a clown month and we didn't know it? Oh, I when I searched these movies, I found lots of other clown movies. So <laughs> if that's where we're at, uh, it's, it's doable. Is one of them going to be a John Wayne Gacy biopic? Because we have to make ourselves very uncomfortable. Oh, God. No. Did you, did you ever if see the one? A, if there, if there was one, I saw it, and it's not good. If there was a good one, I'd consider watching it. Does the one you watched have Chubbs from Teen Wolf playing John Wayne Gacy? Uh, or Ozzy, I guess, from Leprechaun? Yeah, I think it is him. Yeah, it's the one I saw, too. It just made me uncomfortable. Yeah, I or, or I guess Francis for Pee Wee's Big Adventure. That'd be a better. <laughs> like we knew Francis was mean. I didn't know he was this mean. What's the clown movie from the early nineties? Is it Shakes? Oh, Bobcat Goldthwait. Yeah, Shakes the Clown. <laughs> and then we could do Vulgar from uh, Brian Johnson, Kevin Smith fame. <laughs> Just because because you, you were worried about feeling uncomfortable. All right, it's, uh, you know what. I've never actually watched it. I do own it. I've never watched it. You uh, you get to work putting together this list. You got stuff to team up with all those movies. Apparently <laughs> we're in Clown Month. Or maybe Killjoy. Killjoy 2. Killjoy 3. Oh. Killjoy 4. Killjoy 5. Oh, feel, some, I feel like no. Gotta get some full moon in there. Interesting. So stay tuned for next week's show where at the end, whoever's in charge of picking movies will determine whether we are actually in a uh, <laughs> on month or not. We won't know well, until then. It'll be Noah's turn. So oh, shit. kill joy one through four. It is. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit's about to get weird.
All right. Well, that's totally where we're ending. It's just about to get weird. All right. Well, hopefully uh, your internet works better next week, Noah. Right. And because yeah. because I love you guys, and because uh, Brian will probably be mourning the end of his relationship next <laughs> week, uh, I will endeavor not to pick Killjoy. I love the idea of this whole just being a very 80s sitcom-esque week where Brian's just trying to convince her not to listen to the show. <laughs> just every time she like puts her headphones in, he like walks by and trips over the court. Oh, I'm sorry. By the way, let's go do this. Distracts her for a minute. Accidentally deletes it off her phone. That's so weird. How did that happen? I don't know. I mean, I could just not put this episode up, I guess. It'd be a famous lost episode. There's just a bunch of random sections of the episode where it's just static. You just edit in static over us talking. You're like, oh, there's a, there must have been some kind of uh, problem. Seems like you got some bad reception going on. It's like reception. It's a podcast. You shut your mouth. <laughs> Didn't think that through. I mean, it is reception. Shut up. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.